the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. It's so great to be with you today. I've been gone for a little while. Don't know if you've noticed or not, but um, I was sick. And uh, during my sickness, um, I had a lot of time to just sleep and a lot of time to pray, and a lot, a lot of time to just reevaluate, reevaluate my life and uh, my business and my relationships and, you know, on and on and on. And sometimes we get so busy that we just don't have time to do that. And, or we don't make the time, I should say, because we do have the time. We just have to make the time. And it depends on where we put our time as to the outcome of what it's going to be moving forward. So... When I first was asked to do this show, I was wondering what I was going to talk about, what I'm going to call it, and how am I going to fit it into my already 16-hour workday. And, uh, you know, it's where there's a will, there's a way. You've heard that before, I'm sure. And um, I was driving one day, and I'm like, Lord, you know, what are you doing with me? Why are you putting me in this situation? I mean, I'm a bug girl. I mean, I'm the termite lady and I'm doing my bug business and I have, you know, a lot of employees and a lot of people depending on the decisions I make. I just feel like I'm so, I've got so much on my plate already along with my children and just all of life that life brings you. And I'm like, but when, you know, when the Lord calls, you know, we need to be obedient. And uh, one time I woke up out of a, really nice sleep and the Lord I just remembered one word he's never really spoken to me audibly and I've heard other people say that but he does speak to me there's a word that pops into my brain you know that's how I explain it It just pops into my brain when I'm asking the Lord to give me discernment or to give me some answer to something I've been praying about or direction or whatever and I know those of you that pray you understand what I'm saying it's like we pray without ceasing and we always just know that he is there and he will guide us, but he wants us to ask him. He wants us to lean on him. He wants us to pursue him. And so the more we do that, the more he reveals himself. And so this one day I'm driving, I'm just driving in my car. And all of a sudden, this thing comes into my mind about rewords, like re. I was thinking about all the rewords. I'm looking at the cup that I just brought in and it says reduce. And I never noticed the word on the side of my uh, cup that I drink out of all the time. And it says reduce. And there's so many words that are re's. And when I think about re-words, what comes to mind is the re is like second chance. It's like our God is a God of second chances. Isn't he? How many of you out there have experienced his grace? How many out there have experienced Second chances, maybe thirds and fourths. I know, right? And so when I asked Bible Gateway to give me all the rewords, 
there's a list a mile long. And I thought, boy, I could spend every week on a different reword. So I'm going to tell you a little story about what has happened over the time that I've been gone is that I've been blessed, fortunate. It's a God gift where I have a property that went for sale and the normal price is this and it's going to be triple that. And I'm like, I've never experienced this type of finance before. And now I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do with these funds? And it was a year ago that I actually signed their original agreement. So a whole entire year has gone by. And there was reasons why that's all happening. And I don't want to bore you with all the details. But what I can say is, is that there was a reason why God was holding off. I believe it was from God as to why it's happening now an entire year later. January 21st was when I signed the original escrow papers. And here we are, you know, where we are in February. And it's just now coming to be where it's supposed to close on February 22nd. So that's more than an entire year that this property has been in hold status. Now, during this time, I had a couple that lived in there that weren't paying rent. COVID happened. There is no evictions that you can do. So there was all these things that were delaying this whole thing from happening. And because of all these other things happening, everything is working out. And so here it's coming to this 1031 exchange. Some of you in business or have owned property, you understand 1031 exchanges. And I don't, this is not an education for that right now. If you want to know more about that, you can reach out to me, Sue Freeze, spelt like fries and word.com. I can, I can um, talk to you one-on-one if you want to know more about it because I'm learning as I go. Um, but I've always heard the 1031 exchange is a good way to do it when you have funds and uh, you want to you know, get more out of it or do more with it or whatever. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, what am I going to do with the money? And it's, it's more money than I'm used to having something that I have to do with. Does that make sense? (laughs) And so with that, I'm going, I want to move some money out of California. I want to buy something outside of California because California is just not the best place right now. I just don't feel um, comfortable in, in LA. I don't feel comfortable with California, and I know I'm not alone in this situation. So without getting into any politics or anything like that, I just don't feel comfortable with the situation and the decisions that are being made. So therefore, the only control I have is whether I want to stay or I want to go. That's my decision. And so my decision is, is I think I want to go. And so if if I'm going to go, how can I go? When can I go? And it's no time soon because I'm still running my business and um, I'm still dealing with life, and I've got all my family here, my grandkids, everybody's here. So this is a plan for down the road, and we all should have a plan for down the road. Even though we should be present in the, give people our presence in the present, we also need to be planning ahead, okay? Uh, We can't just live for today, although we should be planning as if it's our last day, because then we're getting the most out of that day. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So with all that being said, I'm going through all of this process, so this last Two weeks ago, we had our company meeting. Now, during that, for 21 years, I have been the first person that opens, talks about the future of Ecola, the vision that Ecola has, talking about where we were, where we're going, what worked, what didn't work, you know, the usuals. And I wanted to get everybody on board with uh, Ecola. I wanted everybody to understand we're in unity here and we're going to go forward in this together and we're going to make it happen together. And it's like one of those go get them sessions, but there's a lot of knowledge that goes with it because I have a lot of speakers that come in one after another and they give us an hour of CEUs, which we need in order to keep our licenses current. So 
it, it, it's multiple. It, it does a multiple of things all in once. And we usually bring everybody together so we get to meet and see and talk to the people that maybe we only see or talk to. We don't see, but we talk to over the phone. So it brings our whole team, our whole family together in one place for two days. And it's a wonderful thing. And everybody loves it. We have a company photo, blah, blah, blah. So in this case, because of COVID and because of what's going on and um, the Omicron thing happened and it was so much more contagious that we just wanted to make sure everybody was well. So we decided last minute after having everything in place to pivot, which is another show, and I it was a great show. I would look it up on Sue Free, spelt like fries, com, and listen to the pivot show. It's a great show. Anyway, uh, we pivoted. And during the pivot, we decided to go Zoom, which we didn't even know how to do Zoom. We didn't have Zooms. We had to buy Zoom. And then we had to figure out how each office was going to Zoom. Are we going to Zoom from home? Are they going to Zoom from the office? And then they're going to be together, and then they could get something. So everybody stayed home. So uh, big ordeal. I mean, big ordeal and total pivot, total change. And it was amazing. And here's the deal. Usually after this, this meeting... I get really sick because I'm, you know, burning the candle at both ends. It's stressful. I want to get everything in line and, you know, everything. And everybody pulls together and it's like the 12th hour. We're still there putting pamphlets together and everything. Anyway, so this time that didn't happen. Uh, I didn't get sick after. I got sick before. An entire week before I got really sick to where I was in bed and I, I couldn't get out of bed. So guess what? God says, be still. Have trust in your people. Have trust in those that you've put in place. Have trust in your coaching and your teaching. Have trust that they can make it happen for you. They've been beside you. They've seen you in action. They they know what needs to be done. You've expressed your goals. You've expressed the why behind what you are doing and why you're doing it. So it's time, Sue. It's time to just sit back and let let it begin. And I did that. I actually was able to get on Zoom, and I sat there in my PJs and uh, watched this unfold. And I have to tell you, I was the proudest mama you could ever imagine, watching the people that I have coached, trained, and, you know, worked alongside for years, eight years, seven years, 15 years, and watched them take over and just make it happen. And it was better than I could have ever done. Thank you, Jesus. It was better than I could have ever done. And I think that it just speaks very loudly and whatnot that I needed to put my trust in them and prepare them for that. But I put my trust in God. And he actually was the one that said, hey, you know, you need to rest. You need to get your energy back. And you need to trust that these people that you have in place can handle it. And you know what? They did better. They did so amazing. And all I could say, I was very emotional. I don't know why, but I was very emotional. I guess I do know why. But all I could say when I pushed uh, unmute mic, (laughs) I learned all that. Uh, Unmute mic was thank you. And my thank you was kind of broken up with teary eyes and, you know, kind of that emotional thank you that just comes from the bottom of your heart. And I just was on overwhelm and it was great. So... All that being said, that's what we've been going through. Then I got on a plane because I was well. I got on a plane and I went to Nashville because I was looking at property for my 1031. Then I went to Sarasota. I looked at property there for my 1031. And I'm just trying to gather information right now 
And people say, well, what are you doing? You're all over the place. Well, sometimes we have to go all over the place. Sometimes we have to definitely step out of our comfort zone, which all this I'm talking about is definitely doing that. I am searching. I am researching. I am researching. Re searching. <laughs> Second chance, researching. I am redoing a lot of things because this is something new and it's something where uh, I'm evaluating. And I'm saying this not because I'm talking about me, even though I'm talking about my story here, but there's lessons to be learned in what I'm saying. And that's the message to you. It's not, um, it's not about me. It's about what I'm learning in this process and how I'm sharing it with you that I am learning that sometimes, most of the time, you know, if you mess up, mess ups are good. If you make a mistake, that Tiana said this to me this morning. She said, Mom, she goes, you know, this is what she said. I said, can I share that today? And she said, yes. She says, there was a man that was talking. He says, if you have 30 seconds left to live, what is the most important thing you would tell your children? Now, I want you to think about that. And she said to me, she said, you know, I want them to understand that their personal relationship with the Lord should be number one. Choosing who you marry should be number two. And understanding that when you make mistakes, they're good and it's a life lesson. And the only way they can be bad is if you stay there. If you stay there and you you think that's as far as you can go and you can't get up again, then that's where you will be stuck. So the message there is, is that you get back up again. You get back up again, get back on again, and you just keep going. Because those that are successful are people that have failed. They're people that have gotten knocked down, uh, maybe even bankrupt. But they've picked themselves back up, and they've got back on, and they move forward. And so uh, one of the rewords is revive. What do you think of when you think of revive? I think of reviving somebody if they're not breathing or something, revive, right? Um, you want to bring them back. Um, so I asked my assistant, Cynthia, God bless her, um, to give me some scriptures that mention revive in the Bible. And Genesis forty-five twenty-seven says, But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. Then God opened up the hollow place and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. So the spring was called in Hakor, and it is still there in Lehi. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Revive us. These are people. It's in Psalm 80 and they're asking for the Lord to revive them. And do we all need to be revived? Do you need a revive? Do you want to get a restart? Do you want to... Uh, begin again and have a second start. You know, I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't, but you know what the Lord does? And here's a scripture I want to read. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. That could be a purpose in someone's life. That could be the mission of each and every one of us, couldn't it? Is that when you see somebody that's down and out, 
that maybe you are the revive. Maybe you are the light for that person. Maybe you are the resource they need in order to get the word they need to hear or the emotion that they need to feel in order for them to pick it up and get back up and revive. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. Restore us, another reword, that we may live in his presence. Here's another reword, review. When you think of review, what, what comes to mind? For me, it's to look at my past, to review where I've been, to review what I've learned. How about with you? What is it? Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your in- innocence. That's Isaiah forty three twenty six. How about release? There's another reword, release. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. You will be released from my oath if, when you go to my clan, they refuse to give her to you. Then you will be released from my oath. That's in Genesis. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the defiling disease and then pronounce them clean. After that, he is to release the live bird in the open fields. Leviticus 14.7, if you're wondering where that came from. There's a lot of Leviticus when it comes to release. That's kind of interesting. Even if someone is not redeemed, there's another reword, in any of these ways, they and their children are to be released in the year of Jubilee. When the field is released in the Jubilee, it will become holy like a field devoted to the Lord. It will become priestly property. The Lord will release her release her is there something if you look at what's holding you right now if you are stuck if there is something holding you from moving forward what is that what is it that's holding you from stepping forward and if it's something that you could identify and you could address then there's a very big possibility that you will be released from that whatever that stronghold is whatever the bondage is that you can be released from it if you identify it. She numbered the pages for me. How wonderful she did that. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Joshua 2.20, you are now under a curse. You will never be released from service as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. So, release. That's another word. There are so many words. What he tears down cannot be rebuilt, though he imprisons cannot be released. Six. My eyes are ever on the Lord, the only. He will release my feet from the snare. He who hears the groans of the prisoners and release those condemned to death, released. Isaiah 61.1, the year of the Lord's favor. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Could that be you? The Lord has anointed you to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Is that you? Could it be you? Could be. 
released. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. That's in Matthew. And Matthew is the first book. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first of the four Gospels, if you're looking in the Bible. People ask me that because they're, they're not familiar with the Bible because people from all uh, walks and all beliefs and all understandings come. They might be listening to the show, and I always think to myself, do I go to the kindergarten like someone that's just beginning, or do I start at fifth grade, or do I talk on you know, high school or a college level, because this is a spiritual thing. It's intellect, but it's more heart than it is head. And, you know, people used to, I used to hear this, that the Bible is the rule book of life. And I believe that with all my heart it is. But my question when I was learning and growing in the word and in the spirit, what kept coming to mind is how do I find the guide that I need for this issue? How do I find what I'm needing in order to understand the situation I'm in right now. And sometimes it's just a word. And that's why this reword exercise is so good, because a lot of the times you will find what you're needing to hear just based on one word. And part of that is, like I said, you acknowledge or you identify what it is you're going through in order to understand what's happening and, and then you pray to God and you say, God, please give me discernment. Reveal to me. There's another one. Reveal. Reveal to me my purpose on this earth. Reveal to me what my assignment is. Reveal to me what you want, where you want me to go. Lord, I want to feel, I want to feel with your heart. I want to feel what you feel. I want to see with your eyes, not my eyes, Lord. I want to walk where you want me to walk, not where I want to walk, but where you want me to walk. Lord Jesus, please cover me with your protection. Cover my family with a hedge of protection. And Lord, I just declare these words over my my heart, my mind, my soul, and I declare that your promises are true. And I'm going to stand firm on this foundation, and I'm going to walk in your with your walk. I'm going to walk on the path that you create for me. And how many of us out there are wanting this, but not knowing how to even say what I just said? And what you do is you get into the word and it gives you, it gives you these words. And, and if you just take these words and make them your own, it's going to help you open up those gates and open up this wisdom that you feel is so far from you. It's like this vault that's locked up and you don't even know how to open it. But it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, and all you need to do is open up that Bible every day. There's a 21 challenge right now on Facebook. It's a Bible 21-day challenge, and I just committed to this 21 challenge. And then you get to decide what you want to study or what you want to, you know, is it more of this or more of that? And it's really fun that you can do this and you can have accountability just with Facebook. So this is the end of part one. Be a blessing. And then I hope you listen to part two. Thank you so much. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
Judy. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Cola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. And if you're interested in sponsoring this show, we are syndicated. Thank you, San Diegans, for listening, Venturians, Santa Barbara, San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, Orange County, L.A. Thank you so much for listening, and I would just love for you to share this show with others. And, um, you know, if it brings hope, if it brings encouragement, maybe even just a new understanding which would be very helpful to many people out there. I'm hoping that you share it. So if you are interested in sponsoring and you have a business and you're not sure if this is a good medium for you, if you, you know, what about radio? How much does it cost? What do I have to do? What do I have to know? I can help you with all that. Go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word dot com, and I'll be happy to go through it with you because I've been advertising for many, 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 many years. And uh, it might be a great place to start. Because I'm really inexpensive to start with. And then when you find that it's going to work, once you get these little kinks out and understand signal and area and all those things that you have to think about that you might not think about, um, then we, we would move forward. And then I would, I would get you in touch with my advertising person who will walk through the next stages and the next steps and so that you can grow your company and it, 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 it could be a really great thing. And one of the hardest things for companies is getting the word out. And yes, word of mouth is by far the best because people trust other people that have experienced the company and so therefore they'll take that over anything they, they hear on the radio or TV. But this would be the next best thing. It's audio, visual, it's really good to have these senses because people can connect with you. And connect with your company and what you stand for and what you're all about. And so when you get that type of connection, 
which is what Sue Free's show is all about, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection, relationships. Uh, what happens is that your your audience grows and your advertising dollars pay off. And you do need to get an ROI. It's definitely in business you have to have an ROI if you don't know what that is. Return on investments. You spend this, you have to get at least this much in order to make it worth that that you're spending. So I get it and I understand it. And so do the people that I deal with um, that once you find that it's working for you, I would connect you with. Okay? So um, I think that's really important because... You know, we need we need to provide for our families, but also when we own a business and we have employees, we have to help provide for theirs too. And we give them an opportunity to, um, you know, to grow and to be more and be better and provide. And so it's a good thing, and I feel very blessed and fortunate to be part of that. So in the part one of this show, we were talking about words and rewords. And rewords are second chances, just to give you an overview summary. Um, but you can go back and listen on com or uh, iTunes, iHeart. You can find the Sufri show in there. <sighs> so uh, I was looking at the rewords, and it was part of the beginning of my show on, on how I was going to move forward and have topics and subjects to talk about. And what came to my mind or what the Lord revealed to me was the rewords were all kinds of second chance words like redo, relive, revive. There's a whole bunch of rewords, a whole bunch of rewords. And so um, we were talking about release. And I just want to say this on this is the believer's prayer on their release. Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. Release. So that's one of the words. And wouldn't you think that if somebody was in prison or whatnot and they got released, would you think that they were thinking it was a second chance? I would think so. It's like a beginning. How many of you right now are going through a new phase, chapter, a new beginning, something's ended? I had a lot of things close in the year of 2021, a lot of things that were open that actually finalized, which was good because it meant that You know, in order to move forward, the past has to be closed. It has to be final. It needs to be finalized. There needs to be resolution, right? Solution, resolution. Think about that one for a minute. Isn't it amazing, these words? It's so so awesome. So in order to be released, you have to finalize. You have to finalize, you know, what you had or what you did or what you learned and Put that to rest and then move forward into this new chapter, this new beginning, this second chance. Maybe it's your third or fourth, and that's okay. God is good, and his grace is sufficient for you and for me. And I'm very thankful for that. How about you? Do you know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? Interesting. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of written code. So this is uh, Romans. And then... um, 1 Corinthians 7.27 talks about release. 
There's sure a lot about release. So the next word is restore. How many of us have gone through and you're in the restoring phase? You know, there's restoration. There's an understanding, identification. There is um, forgiveness and restoration of our own beliefs, restoration of our relationships. What does it take to get to that point? See, I've been in relationships where people just didn't want to address what was wrong. Have you? Have you? Do you know people that would just like to sweep it under the rug and just act like it didn't ever happen? And nothing gets resolved. Another reword. Nothing gets resolved. And so you, if you don't resolve it, the restor- restoration to restore has a difficult time, if at, if at all possible, to happen. The only way a relationship can mend is if there's humility, if, if people understand, accept responsibilities, like what's their part in it. And once that happens, then the restoration portion can begin. But if someone doesn't accept their responsibility, their part in the picture, because they have a part, and whether they want to admit it or not is another story. It's not always one person's fault when things don't work out. You know that, right? It takes two. So, yeah, one can really make a huge difference by having grace and kindness and uh, forgiveness and patience. But if the other person's not willing to move toward and stays right there, this person's probably going to get tired after a period of time. You can only pursue so long, and then something happens. Now, you know, we got to put our faith in God. Yes, we do, and we're we're called to do that, and that's important. And you don't want to get you don't want to give up right before the the actual goal happens. You know, your victory happens. You don't want to give up too soon, and you you need to you know, kind of put that in perspective for yourself on what that means. And how many people are being affected by this this relationship that's maybe not healthy? How many people are infected or affected by that? And are you responsible for those people? And then you have a responsibility on that too. So the word is restore. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. That was in Genesis. So restored. Do you need restoration in your life right now? Is that one of the words that you would say you'd put at the top of your list if this is what you're after? Is this what you're going towards? And what do you think if you were going to ask yourself because you have a part to play in this picture, in this story? So what part are you playing? And what can you do? What is within your well, your, your well-being? What is, what is within your reach? What can you do? to help the relationship mend and restore. Do you know what those things are? Could you write them down? I have found that when I'm thinking, yeah, I do that. (laughs) But when I'm thinking, 
Um, when I have a pad and a paper, and I try to have a pad and paper wherever I am, I was on the plane, and things started coming to me. So I'm like, oh, man, I, I need a pad and paper. And I had one in my purse, so I pulled it out, and I started writing. Because sometimes, you know, when you're still, I'm kind of forced to sit in that seat on that plane for two hours with my mask on. And I'm like, okay, what can I do with this time? So I decided to get the pad out and just start unloading thoughts that are in my mind because this happens to me. And then sometimes down the road, I'll reread that and it'll make perfect sense, which right now it's just an unload. I'm just downloading what's in my brain. Maybe some of you don't do this. I don't know. It might be very abnormal, but I'm not normal. I don't think I am normal. I'm not common. I'm not normal. And I don't want to be. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be common and I don't want to be normal. Um, I, I'm called to a, a standard where I have to step out of comfort zones every day, all the time. And um, I think it's a good thing. And we need to. I think it's important for each one of us to push ourselves out of because you see something different. You'll, you'll, your, your belief system or your perceptions might change in the moment because you see something from a different perspective. I mean, I was in Nashville, and it's warm one day, and I'm wearing certain clothes, and I knew it was going to be cold the week I was there, but then I was going to Sarasota, which is supposed to be beachy. So I had two separate sets of clothes, but it snowed in Nashville while I was there, and they told me it only snows two weeks out of the year, and I just happened to be there during the snow, and it was beautiful. It didn't last long, but it was beautiful, but then it got sunny, and then it's like, okay, start taking off the layers. And then I went to Sarasota and took my other bunch of clothes and come to find out it's raining the whole time I'm there. So I could have used the same clothes. They just needed to be waterproof. But anyway, so, um, you know, I packed a lot of clothes that I didn't need. But maybe in that, I, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about dressing for the occasion. And sometimes we might have a perception of what the occasion is. And maybe it's not that. And I don't know if you're catching what I'm putting down right now. But sometimes we go into a situation with our own thought process of who's going to be there and what it's about and what are we doing and what's going to be. And maybe if we went in there with a new thought process of, Lord, show me who you want me to talk to. Is there somebody standing in a corner all by themselves that doesn't feel like they fit in? Is there somebody here that just needs a kind word, a smile? Lord, please help me find that person. Help me to look around the room and see, is there somebody here that's feeling alone? And is there some way that I can connect with that person? Okay, you guys, is that comfortable? No, it's not. But are we called to be comfortable? Is that what God put us here to do, is to be comfortable? I don't think so. I think he calls us to love on other people. Love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body, and love, not like, not put up with, but love thy neighbor as thyself. Who's your neighbor? Every single person is your neighbor. It's not just your neighbor, like your person that lives next to you or across the street. Anyone you come in contact with is a neighbor. Now, I'm with some friends, Michael and Brandy, they just moved, they were dancing friends of mine, and they, they lived in L.A., and they just moved to Nashville. And they received me with open arms. They just moved in. They didn't, had them been there a week, and I already welcoming me into their their spare room so I can have a place to rest my head. And I wasn't feeling well, and they still just said, come on, you know, come on. 
And they're just so open-armed and, and, you know, whatever. And they are so friendly, and everybody feels comfortable. They just make people feel comfortable with how they are. They're just welcoming and loving and kind and fun. I love that word, fun. It's not a reword. Maybe I could make it one. But fun. And who doesn't want to be around fun people? I do. I don't think I'm always fun. I think that sometimes I'm thinking, you know, and I'm considering, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not always fun. Plus, I got a lot on my mind, and there's a lot going on, and I'm trying to just get through the moment. But, Lord, please help me to be more fun. Help me to laugh more. Help me to help others laugh. Laugh at myself. I even said something today, and I saw my producer here taking a little giggle. So, I, you know, I, it's fun to be able to laugh at ourselves. I think that's a good thing. So, restore. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you need restoration. And what's it going to take for you to get that? What's it going to take for you to feel restored? Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. What a wonderful, welcoming uh, thing to say. Don't be afraid. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Don't be afraid. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. Well, that would be nice. Who wants to have a curse? I don't. Sometimes I feel like that's kind of how my day's going. But I'm not going to believe it's stained because I'm going to say victory is mine. Victory is mine. This is not stained. This, this thing I'm going through right now, it's temporary. And I will be restored. My company will be restored. And I, we will move forward in victory in Jesus' precious name. Boy, and when I say that, it gives me some type of power and comfort to know that the Lord is with me. Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. First Kings thirteen six. Wow. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. That was in Second Kings. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Now Elijah had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, go away with your family and stay for a while wherever you can, because the Lord has decreed a famine in the land that will last seven years. And that's Second Kings again. So go away somewhere else. He built up the city around it from the terraces to the surrounding wall while Joab restored the rest of the city. He was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Dead Sea in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amatea, the prophet from Gath Hefer. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his ancestors. Second Chronicles. And we're just going through the Bible with every scripture that has restore or restored. So that's a word. Restored. Okay, I'm going to keep going. 
Here's one for you in Job. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored if you remove wickedness far from your tent. So when I was with my girlfriend, Catherine, in Nashville, she's my real estate agent, and I had put an offer on a a ranch, and it was 46 acres. And then uh, I had five days to recuse, to get out of it. And I decided that because the 1031 wasn't totally in place and I was feeling uneasy and peaceful about it, then I backed out of it. It was 46 acres, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do with 46 acres? And I'm 45 minutes from Nashville, and I'm just wondering, was this the right? So I was not at peace with myself. It was unresolved for me. So my girlfriend, kind, wonderful woman who I was worried about our friendship because of the situation, she came in the next morning and she says, hi, good morning. And she just had the best, happiest face. And, you know, it was kind of a difficult time for her because the buyers were not happy that we backed out at the last minute. And I totally get that. But I feel like I did them a favor because it was better then than waiting another month or so and then have something happen. So it was better that we did it now and, you know. Pull the Band-Aid off quick instead of slow. And because of my lack of peace and my, uh, you know, the unresolved, she said to me, she says, Sue, you know how your show, you always talk about the rewords. You talk about rewords a lot, about second chances. Well, the Lord revealed to me about the unwords. And I, because I said I felt unresolved, unresolved. So I'm going to flip pages to the, to the un part because I asked my assistant to look up unwords. So onwards, this is what Catherine said to me. I said, can I share that? And she said, yes, you can. And she said, onwards are wrapped around fear. Okay, so let me give you some words. Unrest. Unresolved. Unforgiveness. Can you see how fear is in all of those words? There's unrest because you're fearful about something. There's something not setting well. So there's a fear there. So we address the fear, don't we? We, ha- we have to head on that fear. And I've said millions of times, okay, well, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, when I did fear not in the Bible, there's fear not 365 times. Isn't that a coincidence? Not really. But fear not is in the Bible 365 times. So that's one fear not for every day we live per year, Right? So how often do we need to remind ourselves to fear not? At least once. Once a day. So unrest, Jeremiah 5030. Yet the Redeemer is strong. The Lord Almighty is his name. He will vigorously defend their cause so that he may bring rest to their land, but unrest to those who live in Babylon. Unrest. There's fear when there's unrest. Now think about feelings that you're feeling right now. Is there an unattached to it? It's a really good question. I'm looking for any more uns if there are. There's there's a lot of un things in the scriptures. I'm looking for other words right now. I've got unless, uncovered. So God has uncovered your servant's guilt. Uncovered, unforgiven, unyielding. These are words that I'm finding in scriptures. Unleavened bread, unleashed. Unleashed, I like that word, unleashed. Unfailing love. There's until a lot. Yeah, those are unleavened. Okay. Yeah, so unwords. I mean, I could go into a lot more on un, but I want you to think about the unwords. Can you think of some unwords right now? Undergarments. 
Okay, that doesn't really have fear attached to it, I don't think. Depends on where you're wearing them, I guess. So unforgiveness. So unresolved. Is there anything in your life right now that's unresolved? If you if you think there is, which there probably is, okay, and that's okay. It's okay. You are where you are. And that's fine. It's fine. It's just we have to know where we are because we have to know we don't have to, but it's wise to um, have goals, right? We want, we want to know where we're going. And if we don't know where we are right now, our assessment of our physical, emotional, financial, spiritual self, you're not going to know what it is you need to do or not do in order to get you to the next stage or next phase in your life. Like, where are you going? And what area needs attention right now? They might all need attention, but it might be that you have one that's broken a little worse. It's, it's, it needs a little more focus. And maybe you should focus on that one to get it at least up with the others. Maybe that's a possibility. Might be. So be a blessing to someone each and every, every, every day. Look for that person that's by themselves that needs a friend. Please do that and be a blessing. And um, thank you so much for listening and share the show. Sue Freeze, spell like fries, one word.com. Bye for now. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.